Praise the Lord. He is faithful. And we thank the Lord for it. I'm going to turn your attention this morning to the gospel according to Luke and I'm going to read to you from the 13th chapter of the book of Luke. And we have just had a tremendous series of of revival services, really. These past several Sundays have been Holy Ghost revival. Amen. And we enjoyed so much the various ministries, Brother Avent, Brother Brochu, Brother Morgan, that have come through, and before that, Brother Duncan. And God has just been blessing the church, and we're thankful for that. And uh, we're looking to uh, the word of the Lord this morning. And, and, and I may, you know, we hope by the grace of God that there'll be no power failure, there'll be no electricity shortage. But I'm going to keep on preaching if it does. Just be forewarned, we're going to keep on going. Amen. Luke chapter 13, and we're going to begin reading at the sixth verse. Jesus spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree. And find none, cut it down, why cumbereth it the ground? And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year. Also till I shall dig about it, and dung it, and if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity eighteen years, and was bowed together, and could in no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And I want to speak to you for a few moments this morning on this subject, making the fig tree fruitful. Making the fig tree fruitful. Could we just lift up our voices one more time and our hearts unto the Lord. God, we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your people that have gathered here today. I pray, Lord, that your word would have free course and help us in Jesus' name. Ah, help us in Jesus' name to be all that you have called us to be and purposed us to be. And I pray, oh Lord, that today as your word goes forth that there will be a resonance Oh God, in our spirit, to receive your word in our heart, that we may live, that we may grow, and that we may, in fact, be fruitful. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. And Amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. God bless you. Praise the Lord. I wish that there was some way that I could adequately convey to you the deep love that God has for his people. And I wish there was a way for me to adequately express all that God has in store for his people. One of the great verses of scripture in the Bible that, that, that encourages us so much simply says from the Lord to us, I know the thoughts I have for you. I know the plans I have for you. And these are thoughts that are, are, are good and not evil. I, 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 wish, I wish you could know, the Lord is saying, what kind of purpose I have for your life. 
And, and today, I, I wish there was a way, but there really is no way to fully and adequately express and articulate the, the goodness of God for his people. In fact, the queen of Sheba, the Bible says, when she came to hear the wisdom of Solomon, that when she arrived there, the Bible says that she said that uh, I, I came to hear your wisdom and what, what I heard drew me from the uttermost parts of the earth. But when I got here, nothing could have prepared me for what I saw. And she said, the half has not been told. And that is so true of the goodness of God. There is one half that can be told. There is one half that can be preached. That's the, that's the half I'm going to try to preach this morning. There's a half that can be conveyed, but then there's another half that can only be experienced, that can only be enjoyed. Praise the Lord. And, and, and so I want to encourage you today, when you hear the word of the Lord, take hold of it and receive it into your heart and know that it is God's desire to bless you and to be with you and to comfort you. And so the Lord desires to give you peace and he desires to give you prosperity and he desires to give you hope and he desires to love you with that perfect love, that perfect love that casts out fear. And, and God's desire is to lift you up out of bondage deliver you from the chains that bind you. He wants so very much to cause you to live in a, a place, a perpetual place of happiness and joy. Oh, yes, he does. And, and so this is the will and the, the promise of God. But we so oftentimes fail to trust God. We fail to trust his word. We fail to trust his promises. We fail to trust his commandments. And his commandments are so important because the commandments of the Lord are not designed to restrict your life into this little box of, of misery. No, the commandments of God are strategically designed to lead you into absolute abundant living. Praise the Lord. And while it may seem restrictive to your flesh, if you'll do it long enough, you'll begin to realize that God has a perfect law and God has perfect commandments. They are true. They are right. They are, they are altogether lovely. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, great peace have they that love thy law. When you fall in love with the commandments of the Lord, those commandments are going to lead you to a place of green pastures, a place of perfect peace, a place of perfect love, a place of healthy relationships. Hallelujah. This is what God wants for you and for me. Amen. How many believe that this morning? Do you believe it? You do well to believe it. Amen. Because... Because if you believe it and you'll trust in him with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding in all your ways acknowledging him, he shall direct your paths into the paths of righteousness. And so he, he used the, the fig tree in, in many ways to, to describe his, his desire for plenty for his people. In Deuteronomy chapter 
8 verse 7, The Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of oil, olive, and honey, a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. Thou shalt not lack anything in it, a land whose stones are iron and whose hills thou mayest dig brass." He is explaining that there is a land I have for you that is so full. If you dig down into the hills, you will end up finding the goodness and the glory of, of all that God has created. This is what God has designed for his people. He has designed for his people a place of peace and a place of love. The Bible says in Song of Solomon Chapter 2 and verse 11, or verse 12, the flowers appear on the earth. The time of the singing of birds is come. Praise the Lord. That's a message Bishop Buller preached for many years. The time of the singing of birds is come. And the voice of the turtle is heard in our land. The fig tree putteth forth her green figs. And the vines with the tender grape give a good smell. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. This is the invitation of the Lord for you to, to rise up out of the depravity of where you are currently living and to come away with him, to go with him to a place that he has prepared for you. Jesus said it like this. He said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am there you may be also. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Hallelujah. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Hallelujah. It's important for you to know that God has a plan for your life. God has a design for your life. God has a purpose for your life. And the fig tree is such a symbol of that. But the symbol of the fig tree also creates a hardship because the fig tree fails to produce as God designed it to produce. The fig tree is something that, that he uses as an allegory, but, but, but when he attempts to make it fruitful, it just seems to not bear fruit. This is an analogy of how people are designed by God to live Fully and live abundantly and live in peace, but because of their failure to trust Him. And disobedience is a lack of trust in God. It's not just a failure of flesh, it's a lack of trust in God. And disobedience creates problems in our life. We can point to all of our problems in this world and we can tie them to times and places where we were disobedient to the Lord. And so the Lord began to describe that while the fig tree was designed to bring forth figs and fruit and even date honey, date honey comes from the figs. And many scholars believe that that was the actual honey that flowed in the land of milk and honey, date honey from the figs. The figs have been around for a long time, a gift from God that people can receive and, and taste of the sweetness and the goodness of the Lord. But, but as time would go on and as Israel would fail and as they would, they would fail to obey God, fail to trust God, 
people would fail to obey God, fail to trust God, the fig tree, in the analogy of the fig tree, would begin to falter and wither. As a matter of fact, in Joel chapter 1, verse 7, he said concerning this condition, He hath laid my vine waste and barked my fig tree. He hath made it clean bare and cast it away. The branches thereof are made white. He is talking about the destruction of a fig tree. And you and I have to understand something today. That a lack of obedience to God and a life filled with sin and self-will is going to lead us down a path to destruction. If you are here today and you're not made up in your mind whether you're going to serve the Lord, let me implore you, choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I have found him to be true. I have found him to be faithful. I have found his word to be right. I have found his precepts to be holy. I'm going to follow him all the days of my life. Hallelujah. I said I'm going to follow him all the days of my life. And God forbid I should fall. But I'll tell you, if I fall, I shall arise. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. There's no mistake so big that it ought to keep you down from serving the Lord. To those who have fallen, get up and serve the Lord. Huh. To those who have fallen into disobedience, get up and serve the Lord. For those who have fallen into distrust, get up and serve the Lord. Hallelujah. God's plan and design for you is sure and steadfast. Hallelujah. I, I, I love quoting this scripture, so I, if you've heard me quote it, you'll have to pardon me. I'm going to quote it every chance I get. The Bible said that if the wicked will turn from their wicked ways, the Lord will remember their wickedness no more. Did you hear what I said? If you have fallen into a place of sin and disobedience and wickedness, all you've got to do is turn away from it, and the Lord will remember it no more. To God, it never happened. Hallelujah. Isn't that beautiful? I'm telling you, that, that's why we shout. That's why we dance, because the Lord is so good like that. Hallelujah. I rebuke every accuser of the brethren that's whispering in your ear telling you you can't make it. You can make it. God has a desire to give you peace and to give you hope and to give you purpose. And so the fig tree is judged here in Joel chapter 1 and throughout the minor prophets and the major prophets. They describe the fact that the fig tree begins to languish. It's a picture, it's an example of how what was supposed to be beautiful just became devastated. What was supposed to be good turned out to be such a bad situation. And, and the same is, is true of our lives where God has a plan and a purpose for our lives and then it falters and it fails and it struggles and it sputters and it ceases and it, and, it, and it fails to live up to what God had originally designed it to be. As a matter of fact, there is one particularly uh, very surreal moment in the scriptures where Jesus comes to a fig tree. And, and he looks for figs on the fig tree and he, he says, since there are no figs, he curses it. And the fig tree withers and it dies. And we see in that episode, in that moment, we see a picture of what happens when the judgment of God comes upon an individual's life. 
And I want you to know that is what awaits those who choose their own path. That is what awaits those who do not put their trust in the Lord. That is what awaits those who do not stand and step into covenant with God. Just as that fig tree that bore no fruit, and it was cursed and it withered and died. The same will happen to the soul that bears no fruit. Now let me tell you really quick what fruit is. Because many people ask, what is fruit? What is fruit? Because we, we misunderstand that. We think fruit, many times when we speak of fruit, fruitfulness, many times we think of it as success. What have I accomplished? What have I achieved? That's not what fruit is. The scripture tells us what fruit is. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. So when Jesus walks up to you and starts inspecting the branches, that's what he wants to see. He wants to see love and joy. Hallelujah. We we, we think God is coming to inspect a report card. And he's going to measure, okay, what have you done? And where have you been? And and, and how good have you done? And how much have you multiplied and produced? And how many many people can you point to and say, I'm responsible for their salvation and uh, and all of this? It's not the, the, the results of that. That's not what God's looking for. God is looking for love and joy and peace and long suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. Now, if those things be in you and abound then yeah you're going to be helpful to people walking with God yes you're going to have a ministry to people who live around you but God's not looking for the results of a ministry he's looking for love and joy he's looking for gentleness and goodness he's looking for meekness and temperance oh hallelujah Glory to God. Don't let the devil walk up to the fig tree and say, you're not doing enough and you're not good enough and you're a failure and you haven't done this and you haven't done that and look what they've done. You look at the devil and say, you're not the husbandman of this fig tree. You're not the vine dresser of this fig tree. You don't get to decide. I'll let the Lord judge this matter. I'll let the Lord judge this matter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know the best way to rebuke the devil? You may tell you how to rebuke the devil because a lot of people get caught up in rebuking the devil and they get down in the dirt with him. I'm going to tell you the best way to rebuke the devil. Praise God. Hallelujah. I said the best way to rebuke the devil is to praise God. You don't even have to talk to the devil. When he gets in your ears and starts saying, you're not this and you're not that and you failed at this and you failed at that, you don't even talk to him. Just lift up your eyes unto the Lord and say, you are my shield and buckler. You are my light and my salvation. I love you with all of my heart. Your mercy is everlasting and your truth endureth to all generations. My soul will magnify the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. But Jesus showed us what comes when we decide I'm going to do my own thing. And I'm not going to worry about producing fruit. I'm not going to worry about whether there is love coming from me or joy. And I'm going to tell you something. If you don't have love coming from you or joy coming from you or peace coming from you, you need to repent. 
If you don't have gentleness coming from you or goodness coming from you or temperance or meekness or faith, you need to repent. Or even long-suffering. The ability to endure a long, indefinite period of suffering. Hallelujah. Now, I don't say repent out of condemnation. I'm telling you, you're on the wrong track. If you think you can live for God and not show love, you are deceived. If you think you can serve God and not be gentle with people, you are deceived. And you won't find out you're deceived until God curses you and you wither and die. That's when you'll find out you've been deceived, is when the judgment of God comes upon you. God is looking for fruitful fig trees. You know why he's looking for fruitful fig trees? I wish I could preach it like I feel it this morning. Because he's got hungry people who need to eat. Can I remind, can I remind the Tree of Life Church why we are here? We are here for the healing of the nations. I said we are here for the healing of the nations and the leaves of the tree of life are for the healing of the nation. When you walk out of this building and out into this world, you need to go out with a smile on your face, hallelujah, a pep in your step. And I don't mean fake it till you make it. I mean, hallelujah, have genuine joy down in your soul. Oh, I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is speaking right now. Why don't you have a reason to smile? Why don't you have a reason to rejoice? You need to ask yourself that question. Have you forgotten about the blood of Jesus? Have you forgotten about the power of God? Have you forgotten that you were unsaved and undone and on your way to hell? Is that why you're so critical of everything and everybody around you? I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to count your blessings. We've reversed it. We, we've stopped counting our blessings, and we started counting our inconveniences. My Lord, have mercy. But the, but the song said, count your blessings. And if you don't know what that means, he said, name them. Woo, one by one. Every little blessing counts. The air that I breathe, oh, that doesn't count. Oh, yes, it does count. I'm going to name them one by one. Oh, that doesn't count. Yes, it does count. God has been good to me. What are you trying to do? I'm trying to let the fruit grow. Let the fruit grow. This is how fruit grows. My Lord, have mercy. Oh my God, have mercy. We get so busy complaining about the one tire that went flat, we forgot about the three tires that are doing just fine. Lord, have mercy. Come on, somebody. It's time to say, I may have a bad back, but my legs are all right. I may have a hurting shoulder, but my other shoulder's doing just fine. My kidney may be in trouble, but my lungs are all right. To God be the glory. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. (laughs) 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You don't have to be an extrovert to have the fruit of the Spirit. You don't have to have a cup of coffee to show love. You don't have to go grab a quick Red Bull just so you can be nice to somebody. You hear what I'm telling you? Let the love grow. Let the joy grow. Let the peace grow. Let the gentleness be. Be good. Do good. I said do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Because if we're not fruitful, he's going to come up to that fig tree. He's going to curse it. It's going to wither and it's going to die. And we see in this parable of Luke chapter 13, that's exactly what was happening. The Bible said the man had a fig tree. He planted it in his vineyard. He had high hopes for this fig tree. He wanted it to be fruitful. He wanted fruit to hang from its branches. He wanted it there to be love and peace and goodness and faith to just hang from its branches so that the hungry of the world could walk into his vineyard and pick the fruit off of those branches. And let me tell you something. Don't just show the love of God when you go beyond these walls. you got to show the love of God when you walk into this house. Hallelujah. They're hungry people sitting right next to you. Their soul is hungry. And you know what? They might even be hangry. Anybody know what hanger is? When you're so hungry, you're mad at everybody. Hey, don't give up hope on the hangry. The hangry are hungry too. Don't give up hope on those who you can't hardly be around because they're irritable to you. No, 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 no. No, hear, hear what I'm saying. Feed them love and it'll satisfy their soul. Feed them peace and it'll satisfy their soul. Do you know how hungry this world is for gentle people? You know how nice it would be to be driving into a parking lot, cars going every which direction, and you're trying to figure out where the lane is, and you make one wrong turn. Don't even make the full turn. You just almost make the turn. Slam on your brakes because you realize you're not doing it right. You look over, and you got four people screaming at you. You know how what blessing it would be for a saint of God to be in that position and say, you're fine. Everything's fine. You're good. Go ahead. We all make mistakes. You're fine. That's what God's looking for, is people to have fruit that the world can eat. Gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. And this man planted his fig tree in his vineyard and said, I want it to bring forth fruit, but I come every year and there's no fruit. Three years now I've come and there is no fruit on this fig tree. And then he made a statement. Why cumbereth it the ground why is it even here why it's, it's just taking up space it's just taking up room cut it down the man said and the vine dresser said wait wait let it alone this year give me one more chance give me one more chance to dig about it and to fertilize it Give me one more chance to put the principles of sowing and reaping into this fig tree. And if it bears fruit, that's great. And if it doesn't, do what you want to do. But give me one more chance. 
And I want you to know you see a picture here of mercy rejoicing against judgment as the Bible would describe it. You see a picture of the judgment of God saying it's got to come down. It cumbers the ground. I'm done with it. But then the mercy of God steps in and says, hold on. Give me one more chance. Give me one more year. And I don't know who all I'm preaching to this morning. And I don't know how much time you have left. And I don't know if this is your last year or what. But I will tell you that if God has given you another chance, you ought to give him praise that he'll give you one more chance. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah! Hallelujah! <laughs> Glory! I'm glad that Jesus stepped into my world and said, give me one more chance with Joah. I'm glad Jesus stepped into my circumstances and said, give me one more chance to dig down. That's what God will do. He'll dig down. He'll dig about it. And he'll fertilize it. But he'll dig down into the areas that nobody can see. You want to make the fig tree fruitful, you got to let God dig down into the areas where nobody can look, where nobody can see. It, 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 it's easy to have a good surface presentation, but be unfruitful. It's easy. You, you've met them. You've met them where, where the smile is there. But there's no goodness behind the smile. How many times has it been you in that position where you were gritting your teeth so that you could give an impression? God wants to deliver you from that bondage. He wants to give you real joy. He wants to give you real peace. Uh, he wants you to be able to follow peace with all men and the holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. He wants to give you the power to forgive people. And I mean really forgive people. Because if you think being forgiven is awesome, wait till you are forgiving of others. You haven't even experienced the love of God until you've experienced giving it to somebody who doesn't deserve it. But to become fruitful like that, you've got to let God dig down. Dig down into the areas that are under the surface. And we learned that just, I learned it just a few weeks ago. When we opened up this soccer field, we had to put in a retention pond and open it up to put in a new parking lot. And we dug down in, into that, what was going to be a retention pond and found Coke bottles and tree stumps. There was so much debris down under the surface where, where some of the construction work on the interstate, they just, they just pulled up this ground and threw in tree stumps and all kind of root systems and, and, and found old vintage Coke bottles. They just said, you know what? Nobody will ever find it. Nobody will ever see it. We'll just, we'll just put it under the ground. And then we will cover it up with a beautiful patch of grass. And everybody will walk by and say, isn't that a beautiful soccer field? But one day somebody's going to dig down into it. 
Some, one day somebody's going to pull the surface off of the underground of your life. And that's how God is going to make you fruitful. It's not an easy thing to become fruitful. He's got to figure out why is there not fruit growing from these branches. Because the seed is good. And the rain is good. And the sunshine is good. And everything that goes into it is good. There must be something going on underground. God will go down deep into your circumstances. He'll go down into your childhood. He'll go down into the corners of your mind where you're harboring bitterness and resentment. He'll go down into your trust issues. He'll go down into your unforgiveness of others. He'll go down into how you guard your heart from being hurt so you won't even show people love. He's going to find out why. There's not fruit growing from these branches. And he's going to dig about it, and he's going to fertilize it, which is not a pleasant experience. It's considered waste. It's considered toxic. But in the right setting and in the right appropriation of use, even what is considered waste is helpful for growth. I, 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 I want to encourage anybody that looks over their life and says, those were wasted years. I want to encourage people who say that was wasted time. I want you to understand that when God gets a hold of what you call wasted years and wasted time, when God gets a hold of it, he'll apply it to your life and it will cause you to grow in grace and grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He'll take every good thing. He'll take every bad thing. He'll take every corrupt thing. He'll take that hurt that made you bitter. And he'll start sprinkling it in the way it can be utilized. And it will cause growth in your life. Give me a chance, God says. I can hear the voice of the Lord today in this house saying, just give me a chance. Let me have another opportunity before it gets cut down. Before you quit. I know that year after year after year after year after year after year, you've hoped for a better outcome and been disappointed every time. Give me another chance to dig. Give me another chance to fertilize. Give me another chance to sow and to reap. This is, this is what you have to understand under the ground, under the surface. There are things down there. The Bible talks about the hidden man of the heart. The Bible says that prophecy is good because when prophecy comes forth and, 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 and the word of God goes forth, the Bible says it lays bare the counsel of the heart. The Bible says not to even judge others because the Lord is coming and when the Lord comes, he will make manifest what is in the heart. There's stuff in your heart. That's keeping you from being fruitful. And the Lord wants to dig down. Hallelujah. And correct it all. It's interesting that right after Jesus gave this parable of the fig tree. That the story immediately switches. He's teaching about a fig tree that was unfruitful. A fig tree that was, that was, that was basically dying. A fig tree that was stooped over. But that the Lord said, 
year after year after year, I've come and it's been unfruitful. It's time to cut it down. And yet the mercy of God rises up, the vine dresser. And we know who the vine dresser is. Jesus said, I am the vine. My father is the husbandman. It's God who said, give me one more chance. And let me, and let me dig about it. And immediately the script turns our attention to a woman in the synagogue, stooped over for 18 years. 18 years. This is what the book of Proverbs says. Proverbs 12, 27, 25 says that heaviness in the heart maketh it to stoop over. And there she is, the heaviness of her heart weighed down on her so heavily that she stood in the synagogue that day, unable to lift herself, watching and listening. And for 18 years, year after year after year, she stood there unresolved, un unhealed, broken, heavy in her heart. And Jesus walked over to her and said, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. You know what he was doing? He was digging down into the heaviness of her heart. He was digging down into where she lived and he was loosing her from her infirmity. And then he laid his hand on her. <laughs> and when he laid his hand on her, she straightened right up and glorified God. Now, I would like to point out to you that when he said you are loosed from your infirmity, she was still stooped over. When he said all of your past is resolved, she was still stooped over. When he said, I'm going to get down, dig down, and deal with stuff people can't see, she was still stooped over. Don't, 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 whatever you do, don't get discouraged when things on the outside don't change while God is doing something on the inside. Fruit growth requires root growth. You can see fruit growth, but you can't see root growth. Don't frustrate the patience of God. God said, let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. It may be taking a little while, but somebody say, God is still working on me God is still helping me God is doing something on the inside he's digging about the fig tree he's digging about the fig tree hallelujah somebody lift your hands to him right now if you know God can do something nobody else can do come on lift your voice to him if you know God can do something nobody else can do Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who's going who's gonna to open up their heart and say, God, I want you to dig down inside of my spirit. I want you to deal with the stuff nobody can see. I want you to deal with the stuff nobody can see. Could you stand with me all across this house? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I get a witness from somebody here who's let the Lord do that before in your life? Hallelujah. Glory. How many know that's the only way you can be at peace? That's the only way you can show the love of God. That's the only way you can practice joy. Is if you let God get down on the inside of you. Oh, hallelujah.
I know you've got a nice patch of grass. I know kids play soccer on the, on the front that you put over your problems. I know that everybody walks by and admires the facade. But Jesus said you were like whited sepulchers. Inside are dead men's bones. We've got to deal with what's on the inside. We've got to deal with what's on the inside. Hallelujah. Could you do it with me right now? Could you lift a hand to heaven? Say, God, deal with what's on the inside. Hallelujah. Lord, loose me from my infirmity. Loose me, Lord, from the weakness and the sickness. Loose me, Lord. I know that I'm, I know that I'm moving just fine, but I'm hurting on the inside. Lord, I know that I've got a smile on my face, but I'm hurting on the inside. Lord, I know that people think I've got it together, but I'm wounded on the inside. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you that the Spirit of the Lord is speaking in this house to you and to you and to you and to you. Man, woman, you are loose from those invisible things that bind you. From that invisible pain. You know what's happened? He stepped down into your vineyard and he's digging about your fig tree. And when he gets done with you, he's going to make you fruitful. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, have your way in my life. Have your way in my life. I want somebody who's hungry for the fruit of the Spirit. I want you to lift your voice unto the Lord. My God, have mercy. I need somebody right now. I, I just want honest people. I just want honest people. But I need somebody who wants God to do something on the inside of you. I want you to come right now and say, Lord, have your way in me. Have your way in me. Have your way in me. Come on, that's it. Have your way in me. Come on, God. Dig about me, Lord. Dig about me and do a work. And nobody else can see that nobody else knows about. Do something on the inside of me, God. Let him put his hands on you and straighten you up. Let him put his hands on you and deliver you from the bondage. Hallelujah, hallelujah.
That lady was stooped over for 18 years. For 18 years, she dealt with being stooped over for 18 years. It became her normal. She became comfortable with the affliction. She learned how to move about her house. She learned how to get around society. She learned how to cope with the dysfunction. And I fear too many saints of God have learned how to live in misery when God wants to give you peace. Too many saints of God have learned how to manage the dysfunction of bitterness, the dysfunction of resentment. You've learned how to bottle it up when God wants to give you real lasting peace. God wants to heal you. God wants to straighten you. Hallelujah. When was the last time you stood strong in forgiveness? When was the last time you straightened up and, and stood strong in peace and joy? God wants to do that for you right now. Do you believe it? Will you receive it? I said, do you believe it? Will you receive it? Come on, lift up your hands. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. Receive it in the name of Jesus. He's going to heal you right now if you let him. Be the man. 